Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My guest today is Natalie Egan. So when I started, or when I first got the idea for the Find Your Awesome podcast, my goal was really just to have conversations with people who inspire me. People who are really freaking brave. And I feel like the word brave doesn't quite fit this person. Um, People that just blow my mind with their courage, their heart, their willingness to lead with love. And Natalie was at the top of that list right off the bat. So you guys, I am so excited to introduce you to Natalie Egan. She's the CEO and founder of Translator LLC. And um, well, I'm gonna let her take it from here. Welcome, Natalie. Hi, hi everyone. Hi, Kelsey, so great to reconnect with you. Um, and, um, and, and be here today to, to talk about, you know, whatever, um, and have some fun and share my story. And um, so, so yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, so Natalie and I met, we don't need to say the number of years, actually. <laughs> uh, we met back in high school, and Natalie then was Nathan. And, well, let's just start the story there. Sure. What happened in that that time span uh well so so yeah so i um so just for the audience um you know my pronouns are she her and hers uh i am transgender um when we went to high school i was known as nathan um and i was you know part of the sort of bro crew and bro culture um you know i don't think we really called it that back then but um you know, I lived a very different life. Um, I, you know, I, 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 I um, sort of like a lax kid. Um, you know, I kind of rolled with that crowd, and I had, you know, I've been assigned male at birth. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like, you know, the moment I was born, like everyone started telling me I was a boy, and I never felt that way. Um, and I always tell people, you know, I. I, you know, and I had two older brothers that, you know, are, are boys and are men. And, you know, they, they taught me everything I needed to know. And so I sort of, you know, followed in their footsteps and, um, you know, sort of was on autopilot my whole life. Um, you know, I don't think, no, no one knew. I mean, I presented as very masculine. I, um, I was told that I was alpha, quote unquote alpha. Um, I was told that I was often like very distant and stoic and hard to get to know and I was full of testosterone I mean I had more testosterone than 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 you know enough for two or three men as far as I'm concerned um and you know it 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 very much defined my identity um to everyone 
um, and I was sort of playing the role. I was, I was, I was telling people I was like living my life for everyone else except for me. Uh, I was always really disconnected inside. I didn't understand why. I didn't, I didn't have words or language for how I felt. There was no resources around me. I couldn't talk to anyone about it. So I just played the role. I just played Nathan. And I got away with it for a really long time, you know? And, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, how, that's how I rolled through high school and college. And then I got, I got married and I had kids and, um, you know, I had, you know, uh, careers different careers and you know but they all were architected around this identity of Nathan and it all came crashing down um you know a couple of years two or two years ago I guess and um and now I've rebuilt myself as Natalie and I'm I'm happy and healthy um you know I'm I've, I've it, really for the first time in my life I mean I um I, I happiness is this is not like a turn it's not like a happiness pill like it's not like I'm constantly happy um but i do have an experience of um really fe feeling alive for the first time i like i think I, t I tell people i am sort of satisfied for the first time in my life for sure um but you know I've, I've really rebuilt my whole life um as natalie and i've lost like 80 pounds and i quit smoking cigarettes and uh, drinking alcohol. Uh, I don't drink any caffeine at all. Um, I almost eat all, you know, healthy organic foods, very little red meat. I mean, I do eat a little bit every now and then. Um, but it's a real change from my previous life. And it's great to reconnect with you. And I'm sorry to like ramble there for a little bit. But I wanted to kind of package that all for the audience. Yeah, that was great. And I want to know. So you just kind of you said it all came crashing down. But there are so many people out there who struggle with, you know, they're, they're tolerating a job that doesn't light them up. They're tolerating a relationship that doesn't light them up. It takes them years to finally get the, the confidence and drive to make the decision to commit to making a change. And you made a pretty big change. How did you how did you make that decision and you know, how'd you, how'd you have the guts to go for it? Um, well, th thank you for, for saying that. Um, and everything that you said before you started, when you started the podcast, I was like almost about to cry. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, listen, I get letters from people saying, you know, I, I can't, I've struggled for years to change jobs and like you've changed your gender. Like, I have no excuse. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, people, you know, writing the same message, but with different, you know, different kind of inflection points that they, they need to make or, you know, changes in their life. Um, and it's, it's really inspiring for me to know that like my story inspires people. Um, but it certainly was not easy. Um, it's, you know, it, it does, it, it never really felt like a choice, to be honest, uh, which makes it hard to, you know, even accept the word brave. I mean, I, I hear that a lot. Um, and I understand it and I, you know, I accept it because I think to the world, that's the, that's the word that they want to use. Um, but it never felt like, like brave to me is like jumping off a really high, like diving board or like or a cliff 
cliff jumping, right? Like that's like, that's like you're making a choice, you're doing something like, that's brave, it's also crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, this never felt like a choice to me. It kind of felt like, uh, I, I, I use the analogy, it's like I was sort of forced out of the plane, you know? Um, and I guess the only decision I, the only real decision I made was the decision not to kill myself, I guess. Um, when I sort of figured this all out, with, you know, like when everything came crashing down and I finally put the pieces together uh, and figured out my identity and like addressed it and like actually did research and connected the dots on something I deeply repressed my whole life. You know, I, I came very, very close to making a, a, a you know, a permanent decision on, on something that, um, you know, is, is, it's, it's just, it's unfortunate, but I, you know, thankfully I did not, um, and, and I'm here, so, so that's good. But, you know, I guess that's brave to not kill yourself, I guess. Um, I, it is. I mean, a, a lot of people make that decision, but a lot of people have to, right? Like, you know, for their, real, for their own reasons, unfortunately, um, you know, and, and so, um, but thank you for saying that. I mean, I, um, I like to think that I inspire people um, and, and, and show people that there's hope. Uh, I didn't have any role models at all. <laughs> you know, like there was, no, there was no internet, there was no media, there was no, there was no um, you know, there, there was no, there, and there's not a lot of trans elders today. You know, there's not, there's just like sort of like a new, we're all kind of just emerging now. Um, and, you know, my hope is that by showing up and telling my story and and you know whether it's showing up at this you know at the at the grocery store or showing up on a podcast or showing up on a social media post or or you know wherever i can make an impact you know that's feels like that's my responsibility um so it feels feels like a responsibility is what it feels like if, if i feel like right now you're dancing around what your mission is so what would you say your mission is right now like my personal mission? Yeah. Like, I mean, I have a lot of missions, I guess. Um, I mean, I, you know, I have an agenda around, um, you know, all, all human rights. Um, and, and, you know, I, 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 I truly believe that like, we're all created equal and, um, that there's a lot of real like like distortion based on you know and I have I have like empathy for the for the reason that we're here you know like I feel like I have an understanding and you know and a degree of you know uh, you know I mean it's it's real you know it's it's I understand how we got here as a society and I think it's completely unnecessary so I feel like we can change it and you know I have a I have a vision of equality for all. I mean, that's my big, that's my big, that's my single North star. If you kind of want to really know. Um, I mean, I truly, I believe that that's possible. Um, and I believe it's only possible through technology. Um, and, and I think there's a, there's a reason why, you know, tribalism and, you know, the, the sort of the, the reasons we are the way we are today, like came from like the historical context of like, survival unless uh, us needing to needing but we don't need those things anymore and um i think the reality is is the internet's connecting us all and there's this 
possibility of us all becoming woke, you know, to this moment, uh, this consciousness that we're all one. And, and I think that's within, within striking distance of our lifetime for sure. And that's what I'm out to, to, to do. If you really want to know. What you, uh, yes, I really want to know. <laughs> what, what do you think that we as a culture, as a society, maybe as a world need to let go of so that we are all woke so that we are all seeing ourselves as equals? I mean, at first I think we have to like develop a, a, a better sense of self-awareness and, and really like if I could like give advice to people or give advice to people that want to give advice to people. Um, you know, I think we have to like understand our, our privileges first. Like I think if, once we get some perspective on our privilege, it helps us understand you know, the world a little bit differently. Um, it helps us start to understand like other people. And, you know, once you understand your own identity better, it helps you understand other people's identities and backgrounds and stories. Um, but I think we need to get rid of labels. I mean, I think labels work really well for like inanimate objects, like a rock. <laughs> like if you call a rock a rock, like a rock doesn't look at you and go like, but I'm more than a rock. You know, I'm a rock with like intersectionality of like all these different experiences. Like that doesn't happen, right? But like, you know, humans exist on a spectrum in like every single direction. You know, it's not, it's not binary. And so you can't put a label on a person and then put them into a category. <clears throat> it just doesn't work. And I think it used to work. And I think that there are a lot of things used to work. And, and the internet honestly has changed everything. Right. I mean, there's we have access to to all information everywhere all the time now. And we didn't have that before. So, you know, the systems worked differently then. And and we have to, like, rethink everything. And, you know, I I think of like in particular, you know, from my experience as a transgender person, you know, I think, you know, gender is, is you know, of, you know, I, I said there's many different dimensions. Right. But like. Gender as a label just is, it simply doesn't work. Gender to me is an expression, right? And, and an expression, you know, is, is, is one of the most basic, I think, human rights. And we effectively strip people of those rights, like the moment they're born, right? Just based on an observation, like a doctor looks at the baby and says, oh, it's a girl or, oh, it's a boy. And then we condition that, that, child and everyone around them to reinforce that that individual is a boy and if you take that same analogy and say like you know you know the baby comes out and the doctor says oh my gosh like it's going to be a soccer player and everybody's like oh it's a soccer player it's like what's just it just keep telling that child that they're a soccer player and it, it just like the same analogy doesn't work right and people would say well that's ridiculous how would we possibly tell you that like they're a soccer player well i would say it has feet Right? It has like that child has feet and like, you know, therefore it will play soccer. It's like so the like it, it just sounds ridiculous, but it's literally the same thing. And and again, I have empathy for how we got this way. It's lack of information, it's lack of resources. And you know, I don't get upset with people that hate me or you know, that hate trans people or hate, you know, I mean I 
I have, I feel sorry for them. I, I have, I have, I understand how they got that way. I used to be that way. You know, I was educated by society, you know, in all forms of, of racism and bias and sexism. And it's like, I was like schooled in it, like as all boys are, you know, growing up. And um, it never, I mean, it never really felt right to me. I mean, I think because I was like very you know, disconnected inside, you know, I felt like a woman, but, you know, I was taught to womanize. Like that was like encouraged, right? And, and I was taught, you know, so there's like examples of all of these things where like, that's like what, that's what men did. Like, and they would do that to show each other like how manly they are. It's like, watch what I did. And let me, let me tell you the stories that I did. And it's, it's this indoctrination and this, this sort of, you know, this context that you're just, it's, it's just so steeped around you. It's, it's really hard to break. And, you know, I tell people like, I was taught to hate trans people. Like society has taught us to, to hate them, make fun of them. You know, they're sick. They're, you know, they, you know they're, they're, they're the butt end of so many jokes, you know, and it's, and, it go, and it's all been, you know, propagated really in a lot of ways by the media. Um, you know, back, even like in the 80s and the 90s and, you know, the tropes that are created, these very dangerous you know, kind of narratives um, are what most people know. And I know that that's how they know that. And I understand that. And I'm trying to break that cycle. So how do we change that? I mean, it starts with things like this, right? Like the opportunity to share story. You know, this was not possible 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Like I couldn't have a conversation with you that, could enlighten and enrich and, you know, so many people like that. It was just, so that, that, that's, that's really key. And again, that sort of just goes right to the point of what I was saying earlier. Like there's, there's just new ways for us to understand each other today, like through story, but like back, you know, 20 years ago before the internet, like someone else controlled the narrative. It was based on what they thought. And, you know, they made decisions that were based on like, you know, what they thought that was right. And, and a lot of times decisions were made at those tables that were not representative of like everyone. So I don't even think a lot of people were making decisions intentionally to hurt people, but like institutional biases were built in. And yeah. that's why things were the way they were. So again, I'm not angry. I just, you know, how do we change things? We have to, we have to share, we have to listen. We have to meet people where they are. Um, we have to every you know we have to be able to like understand each other's like real lived experiences, and it's really hard to do that when you don't even like understand your own identity. Mm. So again, you have to like sort of back up before we even start sharing stories. We have to help people understand themselves better, and you know that's going to require a lot of work. and um, And there's ways to do it, and um, that are more like analog and traditional. And, you know, we're looking to technology to try and figure out new ways to help people um, connect with each other. Like we're all humans. I want to back up for a second to the idea. I love your analogy, the soccer player analogy. And it makes me think that the, let's call it the old way of doing it, of doing it, doing it being labeling people talking about people was to label them for like the speaker's convenience because humans 
we label things to try and make sense of them. Totally. Super helpful. For us, yeah. It's, you know, that's why we call it key a key or whatever it is. Um, but who are we to do the labeling when we're talking about something that can describe itself? I feel like it's an, an unconscious, it's a default mode to label something, for instance, with a gender. Whereas why don't, what if we were to start asking as soon as we can, asking what would you call yourself? How would you describe yourself to, to if we must label, to let the object of labeling be the one to define themselves? Yeah, well, listen, that's, that's, that's the basic human right that I was talking about that we've stripped everyone away from. And, you know, it's like, like you said, I mean, label, labels are really helpful. Um, they work for a lot of things, um, but here it's, it's sort of a default setting, you know, like you said, like we said, I mean, it, it, it used to work, but today, you know, people have gotten, gotten smart about that, you know, like, like I'm not just going to accept that you're going to call me X, you know, like I don't have to accept that. And, and so I think there's a real power shift in the world happening right now. Um, where we're moving from sort of a command and control style of information, like dissemination and access to, which, which I, you know, nothing against men and, you know, I, I love men. Um, and I used to present to the world as a man, but I would call that a masculine style of, of leadership, right? It's one where male dominance, you know, allowed, you know, they're, 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 the way men are allowed for a leadership domain expertise and experience in that style of command and control that really worked. And, you know, the internet has shifted that. And we now live in a world where everyone has access to all of the information all of the time. And so the old way of, of leadership is not working. And I, you know, I love women and not, you know, and there's pros and cons to, you know, female leadership as well but i think that like this is what's emerging is more of a, a female style of of leadership which is you know it's you know everyone has access to all the information and is then making decisions about who who can best curate that you know information and experience rather than you know leverage it yeah some of my friends who are more energetically tapped in i don't know if that's the right word but um I know what you mean. <laughs> they have said that this is like, it's a feminine rising time. Feminine energy being the intuitive, creative, receiving, connected with nature, whereas masculine is more, feminine is more being, masculine is more doing. And we yeah. all have masculine and feminine energy. Certainly, we, we all do. Um, we all have a little bit of testosterone. We all have a little bit of estrogen. We all have... You know, sometimes we're born with imbalances. I certainly was. Um, and I've corrected that. And my whole life has come into the balance as a result of it. Um, but, you know, I think the, the, the energy component of, of this is, is really... So, so what I was going to say about the, the sort of... The, your friends that are talking about the rise of this, like, um, intuitive you know, kind of, you know, 
generation. I think it is more, it's, it's, it's associated with a feminine like style of being, but I think it's really a, it's more of a millennial generation of like empaths and people that are, um, uh, you know, kind of, you know, uh, they're coming into the, into play, into the world. Um, and I have this theory about them, which is again, very technology related. Cause I'm like, a, I'm just a technologist. I, you know, you know, in so many different ways. Um, but I think it's the internet. Like, I think the reason this is happening is the internet, but it's not really straightforward. I think because this is like really wonky stuff, so bear with me. But I think that like the human brain doesn't have to memorize anything anymore, right? They aren't like my children and like this whole generation, they, they don't have to remember anything. They don't have to remember phone numbers. They don't remember half, they just have to remember how to access it which is a very different modality for your brain, right? And so what I actually really think is going on, and this is where like my theories get a little weird, but I actually, I really think what's going on is that we're freeing up capacity in our brains and it's allowing us to connect more, ironically, offline, like, like you, know, in, in the, you know, in the real world where we can feel each other's feelings and we can understand each other better. And I think that this, this, I'm so so optimistic about the future because of this generation, this this millennial generation that we can talk. You know, people say lots of negative things about their, you know, their work ethic and things like that. But like to be honest, I think they've got a lot of things right, and I think that they're, um, you know, they're the most change ready generation like the world's ever seen. And let me tell you, like change is going to keep coming, so that's good. Because the certain generations that are around right now, the ones that are actually currently in control, are not like change ready, right? They're they're struggling with this like this this massive techno tectonic changes to the infrastructure of how they got to where they are, right? It's like it's really interesting watching everything sort of crumble underneath their, um, you know, how they built they built themselves up. And I should say, we are on the cusp of the millennial generation. We're, we're officially, what, Xenials? I, like I, I identify more with millennials than Gen X, for sure. Well, I, I definitely identify with them. I just, I, I, I think I might be a little bit old, I, even though I'm, like, in your class, I think. We were same class, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a little bit older. So I, technically, I, like, I, like, I might, like, have a technical reason to be out of that conversation. <laughs> and so I love, I love this theory that because, because we don't need to remember so much stuff that our brains are freer to connect with other humans, to be empathetic, to be intuitive. I think you're onto something. I think I honestly, I mean, it just like seems logical to me because I'm studying it. I'm like, and I'm really having, I've had some incredible experiences and conversations with some of these people who truly are capable. Like they're actually channeling energy and they're actually reading things that I just really, it's really kind of, it's amazing to see. And, and then I start to experience it myself as I start to like really allow myself. Um, and you know, it's really special. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And you have this unique experience 
where you have experienced the world as Nathan and then as Natalie. And when we talked earlier, you mentioned that you feel like you have tapped more into your empathy and intuition as Natalie than you ever had before. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, so I, you know, the funny thing is, is I, like when I lived my life as, as Nathan and presented as, you know, man, a man, a man to the world, um, <laughs> I thought I had it all figured out. You know, I thought I knew everything. And, um, and, and now on this side, uh, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's amazing how like insulated and like what a bubble I was living in. Um, and so it just makes me more and more curious, like what else do I not know, right? And I've, and I've started to think that like really being alive is like just the act of becoming more conscious like over time. Um, but, you know, I was really disconnected as Nathan. Um, I seemed to the world to be functioning very well. Um, I seemed to be very connected. I, I was sort of educated and I, and I had a lot of privilege, I still do. Um, but I, you know, I had the ability to say the right things and, and, and do the right things for people. And so it just sort of, I seemed to fit in, but again, I was very, very disconnected and I, I really didn't have any empathy for anyone. I, I really was only out for myself. Uh, people are always shocked to hear how I talk, talked about myself, how I talk about myself as being a very um, self-centered, very, you know, um, you know, I was really only focused on myself and, um, and I felt, I felt like everything happened, like, like I, the, the whole world was like a, just a big accident and it was like everyone should be, you know, just fighting for themselves and I was, and, um, and I was really disconnected and I, I mean, I remember like when my grandmother died, who was probably like the most special woman to me, like I didn't cry and like, I kind of felt like I should cry and like I might have tried to cry so that I looked like everyone else, but I actually wasn't sad because I just feel, I just kind of felt like, I, again, just really disconnected. Like I didn't really, and on the flip side, I, I wasn't really happy a lot. Like, you know, where I just would act happy. Like that's what I was just, I was acting. Right. And, um, and there's some nuances to that, and I don't want to just put a blanket statement over. Um, you know, I, the, safe to say that I didn't have empathy. You know, I actually would I would tell people I confused the word empathy with sympathy. Um, you know, and uh, I, I just, I really, I thought I understood, the, you know, diversity and, and the struggle, and you know, I thought I did the right things and gave back to the community, but I just. I never realized how disconnected I was. And, you know, when I transitioned, um, I remember so clearly, and I was in everybody's trans experience is different. And like, so I'm not talking, you know, I'm not telling anyone this is the way it is, right? But it's the way it was for me. Um, but I, within just a few weeks of going on hormones, like the way that I experienced the world started to change in ways that I could have never imagined. Like somebody could have described it to me, like this is what you're gonna feel, and I would be like, I can't imagine that, you know. Like I just like, how does that possible? But the way I described this is very real. I was driving down the road at night, and I looked out my window and I saw a deer, 
like out in the field. And normally I wouldn't think anything of it. Like it, to me, it'd just be like, you know, this, like, you know, this, this, this animal, this thing, this, I mean, you know, that I have no connection to. Right. I mean, it, if anything, I just saw it as like trouble. Right. You know, like that's It's going to like jump out in the road or, you know, it's going to, someone's going to kill it and eat it. You know, like I just, I didn't think of it as like an animal or that it was alive. And I remember looking at it and feeling connected to it. And I remember looking at it and going like, what is going on? Like I have this connection with this deer out in the field and I don't know why I feel this like, I don't know, this like, this connection with it. And, and I, I still think about that deer um, a lot. You know, obviously I tell the story, but I, I just, it was like almost the first time that I recognized it as like, an, as like a being that was alive and not just sort of like a means to an end. And, um, and very quickly that started happening everywhere in my life. And, um, and I started to feel connected, you know, connected to strangers. I remember like sitting at a stoplight and looking at like a construction guy just doing like this crazy work. And I used to just, you know, again, I, I don't even know if I, I would never even think of someone who does that, let alone feel grateful uh, or appreciative. But I, you know, I looked, I was looking at this guy and I just was like, I feel like I, I know them or I'm connected to them and I have this empathy for the work that they do. And, you know, I wanted to like thank them. I'm like, what is going on? Like, why am I feeling this way? And, um, and you know, the way I would describe it, I mean, obviously it kind of just, the, the, it kind of kept like the, kept opening up the book kind of pages kept turning and I kept experiencing more and more like openness and connectivity. And I started to really connect to myself, you know, and that was the weirdest thing was like starting to really feel connected when I look in the mirror. And, you know, what I tell people is like my whole life, literally my whole life, I used to look in the mirror and, and like, and hate myself. Like I would look in the mirror and you, if you knew what was going on in my head, I mean, it was just the most vicious, vile conversation, self-hatred, you know, and, you know, these conversations that I was ugly and that I was a phony and, but I could never figure out why, you know, I could never figure out like, why do I feel like a phony? Like I'm doing everything that everybody wants me to like, how is this phony? But I, but I couldn't really, it was just a feeling that I had, you know? And I remember just feeling so ugly and people would tell me how handsome I was. And I was like, Oh my God, like, why do people do this? And you know, in the background, just as a side note, like I, it's not that I wanted to be a girl. I always tell like, cause I, I, I could tell the story of like looking in the mirror a lot and I, um, but I did want to be pretty. Like I remember looking in the mirror and always wanting to be pretty and, and I always wanted to express myself. Um, and I never felt like I could express myself with like clothes and colors and things like that. Um, and so, so yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I just started to feel connected to the world and then connected to myself and started to love myself and love my body. And, you know, I look in the mirror now and I just, I'm like, I love you. Like, even when I look like shit and like, you know, unfortunately, like my beard still grows in and I have these days where I just look terrible and, and I have you would, you know, most people would look at me and say, you know, label that as ugly. And ironically, here I am looking at myself saying, like, 
I love you, babe. Like, I am totally, like, I'm totally into you. Think, you know, it feels right. And, you know, then I'll go shave and, and make myself look more femme because that aligns to my identity, you know, and if I didn't, you know, if I didn't have so many years of, of testosterone and momentum <laughs> there, I wouldn't have to deal with these uh, facial hair issues, which I'm working on. But, um, but like, none of this stuff bothers me. My, my voice doesn't even bother me anymore. Like, at the beginning, I was saying, oh, God, I hate hearing my voice. Like, um, but I, I just, I've, I'm connected to myself. And it's, it's, it's to me, it's fine. It's, it really is truly living. And, and so that... That's what kind of keeps me going every day. It's like, I just, I love it. I love so much of what you just shared. One of my favorite exercises that I send some of my clients off to do is to make eye contact in the mirror and say, I love you and say their name and then try and pick out something like, I love the sparkle in your eyes or whatever it is. I've never done that before. I love it. Now, now I look at myself and I'm like, oh my God, you know, this gigantic like freckle. It's like, it's like a birthmark on my face that I, ne- I never actually had, um, you know, it, it, or at least it was never really visible um, before. I, I get, I, I run outside a lot and I get a lot, like, so I get a, like a different suntan than I used to. Um, but I have this like gigantic freckle thing that like i don't know if you can see it like if you can see it at all i don't think it's gigantic because i think it's invisible i'm wearing (laughs) makeup right now um but i look at that in the mirror and i love it i mean i just look at i of course i I, I covered it up with makeup because i I had some other meetings earlier um but like even the cover-up though is like to me it's just part of like an expression right like one of the most interesting things i've studied about and this is all like a big study, right? So I'm like observing myself and observing these changes. It's like my whole life I was, I was, I was an artist. So I could, and, I, and like everyone, and I was sort of like a well-known artist in a lot of ways um, in my little communities, you know, that Nathan was really good at art. Um, and that was the only means that I could express myself. And, and it was like the only one that I was allowed to express myself in. Um, but it had to be like sort of masculine. It couldn't be feminine. I couldn't really draw a lot of flowers. Um, but it's so interesting because like I never got to use like the most important medium of all, which is me, right? Like like for me to be able to express myself and articulate how I'm feeling that day with color and clothes and you know it's just and 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 you know makeup and and hair and earrings and oh my god jewelry. It's like you know, and I'm still, these are all new. I'm, I'm becoming woke to those things. So like, like we said earlier, like it's still a journey for me. Like I'm still becoming woke and conscious and, and I, you know, I, and, and, you know, new ways to express myself and, you know, whether it's sports or, you know, dance, um, just sports, but, um, you know, or singing, I, you know, I would love to sing. I can, I still don't think I can. I'm trying to, but, you know, all these things, I finally feel like I can express myself. And, and that, to me, is the most important part of all this. Well, it sounds like you've gotten yourself into alignment and out of, like, you were wearing so many masks before. Yeah. So you take all those masks off and like, oh, look at this. I've got this whole new palette and just like a whole new set of possibilities. It's limitless. 
Yeah, I mean, the irony is like people that don't understand this think that I'm wearing a mask now. Like they think some sort of like charade, like, you know, and I'm like, actually, before it's like when I was like acting, you know, like mm-hmm. that's when this was like not real. Um, and now this is this is the most you know, authentic expression of me possible. And it, and it has truly brought my life into alignment um, in so many ways. Um, you know, I have confidence in my, my body in ways that I never had before. Um, I mean, I actually just put a, a post on social media about it last night saying that, you know, I, I just got, my whole life I could never swim. You know, it, it, it was just, it was, it was, I was taught to swim. I did swim meets. I was always dead last. I was always like bonking into like the lanes and, you know, it was embarrassing and it scarred me and I hated swimming. And I always thought of it as like, really just like what I say is like not drowning. You know, like that was like the point of swimming was to not drown. It wasn't exercise or fun or, you know, any sort of expression. Um, And I just started swimming uh, again you know, I don't know, 30 years later after my last swim meet or whatever that was. And, you know, it's amazing. Like it just clicks for me. Like my, my mind and my body are connected for the first time. It makes sense. The motion makes sense. Like it feels good. It's, it's really, it's really dramatic and, and, and amazing to experience. Um, and it's and it just like these endorphin rushes that you get as a result of all these firsts, you know, when you're really like a cognitive conscious, like, I mean, I'm 41 now, um, you know, it's, it's different than when you're like, you know, a 12 year old and you, you know, sure, it's, it's a first then, but there's so much else going on in your life, you don't really like catalog these things. So for me, kind of going through all of this now is really interesting. I'm thinking as you're talking, I feel like there's a lot of things in our lives. We are either forcing them or flowing. Forcing is like muscling through it and just trying to push and push and push and flow is allowing. It's just allowing our bodies to do what they know how to do, allowing our souls to do what they know how to do, trusting that we're supported. And it sounds like that is the shift you've made from forcing to flowing. Totally. And, and I think that that's actually like the, the kind of like meta issue with the world. Uh, I think it's like kind of the source of all anger and, um, you know, angst and, and, you know, and it's, it's not necessarily about gender at all. It's just about, you know, us being robbed of, of, or, you know, of not being able to be who we should be. And I think that 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 repression over time, you know, can really jade people um, and really cause lots of of issues and sort of overcompensation into other things. Um, And, you know, it's, they're small and nuanced and they may seem insignificant to some people, but like, you know, the number of people that I know, again, that, you know, if you want to make a parallel to like, you know, careers, right? I mean, a lot of times people do careers for other people's expectations, right? Their parents or, you know, their, their, their family or their, the, the people around them or, you know, just judgment. And like over time, that just, you just build all this resentment, 
and you, you know, you know that you should be doing something else and you just, it manifests itself as like anger in your life. And you, you compensate for that by drinking or, you know, doing other things. And then that like damages your personal relationship. And then, you know, things get out of control and you get fired from your job and you can't get any other job except for a job in that industry because that's where you came from. And so you're like, everyone would judge you if you went and did the thing that you really want to do, which, you know, I always tell the story, like I get this, I got this like Facebook letter from somebody that was inspired by my story to finally change jobs after 25 years of being an auto mechanic. You know, like they basically, um, they were meant to be a massage therapist. Like they have a gift. They've always known it. And they were always afraid to be judged. And, you know, the story that this person told me, you know, again, that seems a little insignificant. And you're like, eh, really? You know, but like, yes, really. Like this person was imprisoned by, you know, the sort of expectations and, and you know, of, of everyone else's judgment. And, and, and that, for, that, that, for them, that's real. And like, I have total empathy for that experience. And, um, and you're right. I mean, just to kind of bring it back, like this, this, this disconnect between flow and force is, is really, you know, it, it, it did, it's, it's one of the biggest challenges I think we face as a human race. Um, and again, I, I understand how we got here, but I, we now have the internet and I think the internet changes how we all understand each other and what's best for us. And, you know, it's, it's, the, the prescription that we were given is not healthy. Like the prescription that we were given is like the American dream is not a healthy thing, right? It looked healthy. It made sense at the time based on who was at the table, you know, you know, writing the constitution and doing all the things that we did to set up this great country. Like over time, you have to like revisit these things. Like things change. Yeah. A lot of things have changed since that time. <laughs> I think we've possibly outgrown. Now I love to say what got us here isn't going to get us to where we need to go. Yeah. And like, it's so, it's such like a business term. And then like when you actually just, and then people use it all the time in positions of power to get their way. But then like, they don't, they oftentimes are the ones that have the least trouble or the most amount of trouble hearing it. You know, like when they're the ones who would, directly not benefit from rethinking how we do this if that makes sense yeah yeah um okay wait i wanted to back up and tell you i don't know if you know that deer like the symbols the symbolism of seeing a deer is it's about following your heart of course yes. I mean, it's like <laughs> that kind of stuff just like you know it's it's all over my life i mean it's like of course that course that's the case you know like and I always feel silly telling that the story because I'm like what what couldn't it be something else actually you know it's funny because there was another story just like it's like not that long after it was like um of like a like a mouse I don't know what they mean <laughs> and and I I mean my whole reaction to the entire experience was completely different than who I used to be and it was like you know, I like jumped on a chair and like, I was like, I normally I would have like practically grabbed the thing with my own hand and like thrown it like a baseball, like as far as I possibly could, like probably in a way to like, 
you know, make sure it never comes back. <laughs> like that's how just, and, and now I just, I remember jumping on this chair and being like really worried about it being, cause it like was kind of moving slow and, you know, and I was like, that's not normal. You know, like, how can I help this thing? And I'm like, what is going on with me? <laughs> but it was like me coming alive and it was, you know, it really, I mean, the, the thought of this might horrify some people, but like, that's, you know, this is my experience, right? I think it's, I think it's awesome. I mean, right. But I mean, some people <laughs> do not think this is awesome. They're like, oh my God, this is terrible that you're, like, they'd rather be the other way. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, I, it's not nearly as fulfilling of a life. Mm. You know, like we I, only I'm get like, one shot here. You only get one shot. I and mean, I have a tattooed on my wrist. Like, <laughs> you only live once. I had to, I put that there to like remind me. Cause I was constantly forgetting. And now, you know, the interesting thing is that I don't think I need it anymore to like, I feel like every day I know that I'm only here. Like in every single moment, I'm just so appreciative to be there. You know, it's, it's, it, and it's, it's weird. I, I, I used to be so high maintenance in my previous life. Like if I sat down in a restaurant, like I would, <clears throat> I would be very specific about what I wanted to order. And if the waiter or waitress told me they couldn't do that, I would tell them like, go ask the chef literally like i'd be like no no i know you can do this like go do it and you know if it came back the wrong way or i didn't like it i would you know i was very hyped now i just i don't even care what like i order i'm just like eh, like whatever you think is the best thing here and if they brought me the wrong thing i would eat it anyways and not complain because i'm just like happy to be there and like chatting with whoever i'm chatting with or trying a new food that I didn't mean to try, like order. Like literally that's, I'm just like, and I just don't want to mess up the flow. I don't want to, I don't want to like inconvenience anyone. You know, I don't care. Just, just like food's here, I'll eat it. I mean, if it was like bad or something poisonous or like, I'm, I'm <laughs> I'd send it back, but I'd be, I'd be like, um, I'm really sorry, but like this chicken is raw. Like, can you please go, I'll, you know, and like, you don't have to take it off the menu. I don't care. You know, like that's, or off the bill. Like, I just don't care. It's really nice. It's really, it's really beautiful. This conversation is really beautiful. I don't have any other word to describe it, but you are such a beautiful human. Thank you. I mean, what I was going to say, and I was going to say a few minutes ago, but then I almost brought back up right there. I was like, I used to have so much anger inside of like I was like the most angry person in the world. Um, and now I have no anger, like I have nothing. I have no anger in me, I have no reason to be angry. And I, and I look at people that are angry and I, I'm like, I know why you're angry. Like, like even, why, even if I don't know your experience, like, and I feel bad and I'm just like, oh, I wish I could help you like not be angry anymore. Um, but God, I was like so full of rage. Cause I couldn't be myself and especially yeah. when I was doing the things that worked well for other people, like it was okay, but it's like, I was doing everything that everybody wanted me to do. And then it wasn't working. I started to get even more angry. That was when I was like the angriest. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, we get frustrated when the world isn't what we want it to be. Right. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about the internal world or the external world. Well, and Natalie, we've got to wrap this conversation up. I feel like we could keep going for hours and we may have to do a couple 
more episodes together. Yeah, but uh, where can people learn more about you, learn more about Translator? What else would I, what do you want to share? Sure. So, um, so for me personally, you can follow me on social media. Um, you know, I'm on all the platforms for the most part, um, but I, I always tell people I'm the most fun on Instagram. So if you want to, if you want to follow me there, uh, at, at Natalie J Egan. Um, so N A T A L I E, the letter J, and then my last name is Egan E G A N. Um, my business is called Translator. Um, the website is www dot translator dot company so it's not dot com it's dot company um and we build diversity inclusion software for corporations um and i'd love to you know have you check out our site and and give us feedback and you know if you know anyone that needs diversity inclusion software we always like we always like leads um and we're always interested in sharing our story as well so if there's any other you know opportunities out there um, you know, people are looking for speakers at events and, um, <clears throat> you know, we're always looking for opportunities to, to share our stories. So, um, yeah, I mean, I bet that's about it. Right. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share before we end this? No, I mean, I'm just super excited to be on your podcast and reconnect. I mean, it's amazing how again, technology can, you know, connect and reconnect us all. Um, and it's been amazing to develop this relationship anew, I guess, um, you know, I feel really connected to you and, um, and, it, and a lot of that has to do with Facebook and we've you know, been sort of sharing and I've been admiring the stuff that you do and the work that you do and the, the, your, your endurance endeavors. Um, so I kind of feel like I get to know you there, but I, but, um, but you know, it's really special to reconnect with people from my past, you know, like from high school that I just, Honestly, I don't even, and I don't even know if I would have known how to like if your name in high school, you know, like I just was so disconnected from everyone. Like, and if I did know your name, it like, it was just sort of like, it was so surface level. Like I just yeah. didn't. So there's so many people like that coming back into my life from high school. I mean, it's, it's funny. I, I see them all the time and I, and they're the kind of people that I would have stepped over or never talked to or never um they weren't like in my my sort of my group right and and i thought of that as like the best group right mm -hmm. everybody that's not in this group is not in the cool club and you know it's very humbling when i know that people had that experience of me that i was an asshole <laughs> in, in some ways and again some people are like you were never an asshole but i mean like i was um and, and people, you know, really embrace me and, and that's incredible. You know, you don't have to be here. You don't have to have done this. And so I just am super appreciative of that. And, and I thank you. And I thank the audience for listening and, and spreading this, the, the story and, and, you know, being an ally for, for, for myself and the trans community and, um, and you know, all people of, of marginalized experiences. I think allyship is you know, the last thing I would say is I think I think we need we need more allies out there, and and that's um, you know there's there's an art to that. Uh, we could we could do a podcast on that, but you know, ally being an ally is not just being a fan. Like that's like you know I'm not like I'm not that doesn't just mean like I like trans people. That means that I you know. I know how to intervene in a situation where like a trans person is being 
you know, misunderstood or mis misgendered or, you know, that's actively stepping in and, and, and saying, you know, actually she will have X, right? I mean, it's, it's when I, when I sit there with a, you know, a waiter or a waitress comes over and asks me, you know, sir, what would you like? It's, it's really quite exhausting for me to be the one that's always correcting. So when an ally is there, it really kind of pops the attention of the waiter or waitress too. It's different when somebody else steps in. Um, and like, we need more of that in the world. So sorry to blabber on after you tried that, to like, drop the show on, like blabbering, but, um, but yeah, I think that's an important message to end on. So. I think that's really helpful information too, because we're all just trying to figure this out. Right. None of us all, know all new. Listen, what's new. Yeah. I always tell people like, it's a transition for me, but it's also a transition for you, regardless of who you are. Right? Yeah. Like, it's a transition for my brother and my parents, and my, my partner and my kids, but it's also a transition for like the taxi cab driver. He's not used to someone like me jumping in his cab. So I have to have empathy for that. Mm -hmm. um, it can be, that can be wearing, it can wear me out. But anyways, <laughs> I, I love you. Thank you for having me on the podcast. And, um, you know, thank you to the audience again for listening. I love you all too. Thank you. You are such a gift. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group. Find your awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, KelseyAbbott.com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the find your awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.